Well, they finally did it. Dan Snyder and company finally selling the Washington Commanders. I thought we'd never see the day. Officially official. I am. Officially official. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of Commanders fans on a day like today. As someone who desperately wants Jerry Reinsdorf to sell the Bulls uh, and and the White Sox. Uh, and the Ricketts selling the Cubs. Yeah, and there's, the a, there's a lot to of sell the Cubs to someone who actually really, really cares, not someone who says they're a fan and, and says yeah, they yeah. care, but it doesn't really appear to. Um, I, you know, it is one of those days where it's like anytime a team sells and it's a bad owner, you know, there's there's situations like when Paul Allen died, the owner of the Seahawks, like his family have taken over, they're probably going to eventually sell. But that's a little bit of a sad sale because he was a really dedicated owner. Like, and even though he's a tech billionaire, he really cared. And and the Seahawks, like fans for the most part, really like loved him as an owner. Um, you know, but when a bad owner sells, it is a it is a feel good day for all of sports in the sense that you see the money and you say to yourself, every single deal gets and it happens with the market resets. You know what I mean? And so you just say to yourself, yep, Oh, yep. Jerry Reinsdorf, please see this and say to yourself, I could make so much money selling my teams. Why don't I just sell my team? Well, and it's, it's like, especially when you're talking about bad owners of uh, historic, you know, clubs, oh. like the bulls carry with them that, um, nostalgic, uh, you know, title, obviously like yeah. they were really bad for many, many years before the, uh, you know, late eighties and into the nineties, but they have that iconic, you know, um, attachment to them in terms of being, you know, a high profile city, uh, and a huge market and, uh, one that had, you know, the greatest player ever play for it. Washington is a similar thing where the league's just better. If Washington is relevant again, I think the NBA is better. If the bulls are a really good team, the yeah. NBA is better. If the Lakers are a good team, there was what 15 years of Laker, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, maybe not 15. I would say 90s, like a, a solid decade, though, of the Lakers the really not being relevant. not good for the Lakers. Yeah, no, you're no. – uh, it, it is. It, and then, you know, again, like that stretch post-Kobe for a little while. You're right. Exactly. Washington, yeah. in our lifetimes as football fans, has been Dan Schneider. I mean, you and I both agree for us. We're, I mean, we're both 32. It's this whole – the – for us, football really like the memories of really watching football start around 2000, right? Yep. And yep, so, for sure, for sure. being around 10 years old, like I remember that 01 Bears team, 13 and three, Dick Duran, like that's like the beginning core memories of me as a diehard football fan. And he bought the team in what 2000 and 2001, something like that. And so, in our lifetimes, yeah, Washington has been that team like the Bears where they pop for maybe a season and then they're dreadful for a long stretches yeah, and they can never sustain. And success, on top but... of that, unlike the bears, at least they're like the facilities. You don't get the nightmare stories out of like, there's like, you know, pipes breaking at FedEx field and, you know, Jalen hurts almost had the stands fall on him a, yeah, two yeah. years ago. I mean, he really is just, and, and at least with the bears, it's a little old lady who runs it, not like a creepy pervert. Who's like, a, you know, you know, all the horrific, you know, uh, accusations against Snyder. It's been a terrible, terrible tenure. And Joe Harris, the new owner, is a Washington guy. He owns the Sixers and I think the Devils. So he's a he's a he's already now. It's oh, part didn't of. I realize that. I, I knew he was like a huge. He just buys a lot of stakes yeah. in uh, in sports teams. So 
Well, and he's got a, group. and he's an area native. He's from yeah. DC, right? Yeah, so. and he's got a group with him, so he's he's not like the sole owner, but he's the decision maker. He's the leader of the group, sure. and um, it would not shock me if he sells off one of the other two teams, the Devils or the like Sixers. Like he seems like becoming a football owner was like the goal, and he slowly built up to that. And being a Washington guy and owning that team, if I were him, Dan, I don't know how you feel. I would be very willing to change the name and change yes, some of the yes. colors. Like please, please the colors please, go please. back to those OG colors and the name. There was better names, you know, red hogs, things that we liked better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that I think um, that the, the, the area would support it because he is a homegrown guy um, in his business prime fifties, you know, to where he's going to have the team for 20 plus years and be able to leave his mark for sure. Uh, and hopefully then set it up for future success. Uh, so we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of exciting things. Obviously, he's going to get a new stadium built, ASAP. A lot of exciting things for Washington. And, uh, and uh, you know, this year, though, I, I laugh. I'm like, this year, they really are going to be, like, if I were Washington, if I was Joe Harris, I'd be secretly like, the tank is on. Like, the tank <laughs> is on. Yeah. Go get us Caleb Williams. And the tank is on. Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of just get, I mean, look, if Sam Howell actually, you know, plays well, then maybe you actually feel that you've, you've got a guy that maybe you could already build around, but even that uh, this is essentially his rookie season because he didn't get any uh, meaningful playing time last year. So they've got to figure out the quarterback and uh, plenty of other situations. They have a lot of uh, rebuilding to do as an organization, not just as the team on the field. Most teams just have to worry about the, the players and building up the roster. This is a bigger haul, but I think uh, Josh Harris is, uh, you know, up to the challenge uh, for sure. Another bit of news uh, as we get into our schedule release episode here on the Football Lounge. Really excited for this one. Obviously, uh, there's the draft in April. There, you know, you get the the combine a little bit beforehand. You get the draft in April. Schedule release, and then we're going into like mini camps and stuff, and like uh, you know, a couple news items. But really, this is the last bit of news we're probably going to get um, in terms of anything substantial happening until. Uh, late June, uh, early July, when we start getting into those uh, camps and OTAs. So there is a little bit of break here, but of course we've always applauded the NFL on their ability to make the schedule release an event. Uh, unlike any other, I can't think of any other sports, uh, you know, organization no. where you care what the no. schedule looks like. Um, maybe, like, maybe like premier league football fans, like they might I could be see that that might be the closest thing, but that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, as we get into that, we'll, we'll have plenty of notes on what happened uh, because there are some circumstances outside of just the schedule release that we need yeah. to talk about, some new changes. But before we get to that, Matt Ryan, some news dropping yeah, in the CBS booth uh, coming up this year. So he will not be making uh, the highly sought after comeback. That's in quotes, uh, by the way, for all, <laughs> for all you out there uh, that are listening. Yeah, he's going to be a CBS analyst kind of following the, you know, uh, quarterback. It, it's really mostly quarterbacks, 
that end up being really good analysts that we're seeing um, more often than not. Obviously, there are the Greg Olsons of the world, et cetera. But I think it's probably just their ability to view the game in a holistic sense, right, than, uh, than one from a running back's perspective. As well, a quarterback, you have to see the game differently from all you know areas. They're already built in kind of celebrities because we talk about the quarterback so much. Very true. And I also think that's part of it. Networks are looking for, can this person explain the quarterback game to us? Because that's so much of what it has become. You know, I saw, I have a, I have a different take on Matt Ryan's retirement here in the sense that I saw a lot of things online today, like he should have just done this last year. He's left such a bad taste in his mouth, how bad it was in Indy. I will forget the indie year for Matt Ryan very easily for his career. He is a first ballot hall of very good. Um, and the very much. So one of the weird kind of benefactors of how football changed, but also a dinosaur and a relic of how we will view football in the past versus the future. Yeah, the We're being passer. The, yeah. the, the typical pocket passer. I mean, he was when he's drafted because of Tom Brady, right. And like, just like Tom Brady, mobile in his in his early days and like could pick up a five, 10 yard scramble, me in the pocket. But as they age, became complete statues like a Peyton Manning. And um, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, he looked so bad last year. I I think my biggest take on that is I give a guy credit, Matt Ryan, to him, there had to be 0.0 doubt when the year ended that it was the right decision to retire. Because Last year, a year ago, I'm sure there was probably 50-50. Him saying, maybe in a new system, some different weapons, a better O-line, like, I can still sling it. I can still got it. But after mm -hmm. the performance of last year, it's like, no, no, no. You're done. Like, you fell off the yeah, cliff. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, they need that feeling. You know, Peyton Manning, in that final stretch, uh, he knew, I fell off the cliff. Now, he did win a Super Bowl because of that all-time great defense in his brain, but it's that I fell off the cliff. Tom... I think finally had to realize he was never going to fall off the cliff or it was going to take way too long for him to fall off the cliff. And all he was doing at that point was honestly hurting his legacy with, you know, kind of these in a weird way, like what LeBron James had the last couple of years where it's like now LeBron's reversing because he's made a Western conference finals. Right. But he's, if yeah. LeBron just had not made a Western conference finals this year and just like kept putting up stats, but may barely making the playoffs or missing the playoffs and like winding his career down. We wouldn't hold it against him, but you'd lose some of that that lure, that allure. So for Matt Ryan, yeah, my yeah. take was I'm glad he played last year because he can go off into the sunset knowing he has zero left in the tank. There's nothing left. You gave it your all. You're not a Hall of Famer. That's okay. You had a hell of a career, and you're now going to make a ton of money talking football on TV for a long time to come. It's I think funny he'll that be great too. That because, yeah, no, I do think he'll be really good. Uh, he's always been – uh, great with the media and stuff like that and uh, being able to you know explain things I think it's going to be something he's good at uh, for sure uh, but no it, it's uh, interesting just to put a bow on it uh, kind of wrapping up what you were talking about because uh, I think you're you're definitely right that you know people will view uh, a lack of championship success yeah. as uh, you know a con against the LeBrons or you know even if Brady played two more years and did get a championship, but it's kind of funny because it's like, it's really hard to get to the postseason, And oh, they, yeah. they did that. They still did that with ease. Tom still was, uh, you know, uh, a part of a team that was still in contention. 
to get that far. So even if the success wasn't at the level that, you know, you'd want or that yeah. you remembered, uh, it was still pretty damn good, you know, for, for a while there. Um, so now it's just funny how that, um, you know, can kind of play out for some of the legends, but yeah, no, I agree, Matt Ryan, you know, it's a shame kind of, because while I never thought of him as a true hall of fame, uh, you know, legendary type of player, the guy was on pace most of his career to shatter like every record. I mean, when he in that like seven year run, you know, with Shanahan and stuff, I mean, this guy was putting up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Um, And, and you know, the thing is Julio will make the hall of fame and a large part of that, his acceptance speech should be a lot of like, I was lucky to play with a really, really good quarterback for a long stretch. And Cal, it's similar to Calvin Johnson, like Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. It's very, very similar. The difference is yeah, I never thought the of that. very different. The difference is Matt had just a little bit more of that pure talent. I think we would agree. And Matt then getting the Super Bowl victory is the one thing. Depending on how Matt Ryan bounces back this year and next year, I mean Matt uh, uh, Matt Stafford, there is a chance that Matt Stafford can make the Hall. But, oh, for sure. But if yeah, Matt yeah. had went to the Rams and had a, a a a really good year and then a fall off the cliff year and then he retired, we'd be saying the same thing. I mean, they're the same exact guy in that way. Insane stats, a great run, uh, really healthy for long times, and they were uh, paired up with two of the biggest physical freaks at the positions of all time, and they they – put up stats on the league like we had never seen before. But the fact of the matter is, you know, Stafford had enough left in the tank to get a Super Bowl victory, and that may be the thing that helps him cement himself in Canton if he can bounce back and have two really good years here now, kind of roll out this career with the Rams. Yeah, it's going to be a big year for the Rams uh, to to figure out if they can actually turn the the trajectory of that organization that took a massive, uh, you know, decline last year. So speaking uh, to the NFL schedule, which is what this episode's about, um, let's talk about a couple of the rule changes and kind of a a couple highlights of the schedule, and then we'll get into maybe a handful of matchups that we are most looking forward to. I've got my list. I'm sure you've got a few on your mind as well. Um, But one of the things that, you know, stood out was the scheduling flexibility. That's kind of a big change for this year. They've always been able to schedule games to, to flex it to a 425 game or even, you know, late in the season, flex a Sunday night game. But now it's the Fox, uh, you know, games that were almost primarily NFC away teams and CBS for AFC is now kind of going to be a toss up. Uh, yeah. The NFL is going to say we're going to determine, uh, you know, based on like, you know, how it shakes out from week to week. Uh, who's going to get what game. And so that's kind of interesting too, because our entire watching career, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that we started the early two thousands. It's always been, you know, Fox associating with the NFC and CBS associating with the AFC. And there was always a few, um, you know, shakeups there from there to there, but yeah, now it's going to be pretty much the wild west of games. And I think that's pretty cool. And I, and it's interesting because basically what the NFL is saying is now, in two things at this point. First off, A, the majority of NFC games you're still going to watch on Fox. The majority of CBS games you are still going to watch on CBS. But what they're basically yes, saying yes. is when we get down to the wire here, guys, 
We are going to move games around network to network and all these things because it's going to help you, the networks, and it's going to help us. We're going to always try to get the most eyeballs on any game. And if and if Fox has three great games and CBS has none, they're going to move shit because they're going to say, sorry, you're, you're still going to get your ratings, but we're going to make sure the NFL gets eyeballs on these games. And part of that is, too, this is, to me, a lot of this directly reflecting from Amazon. Amazon spent so much money, $5 billion, and their slate of games last year was terrible. And the ratings for Thursday Night Football were god-awful. Now, part of that is because it's on Amazon, and not everyone has Amazon Prime. The other part of it is we did not want to watch Al Michaels, who is talking about a guy who he had a he had a Matt Ryan year type of year last year. <laughs> he did, yeah. you know. Only he's the first. It was Matt more Ryan. apathetic than anything else. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was more like, Peyton Manning in that final year. Like they need Al, they need to get Al out of the booth. Kirk was great, um, and then they were saying to themselves, "We are going to force our networks to have good games because we know how much you're paying us." So yes, you may lose a game that you really wanted to keep, but in the long run. On those weeks where you have a bad week, they're going to take care of you. And all that's going to do is it's going to make sure that the partners of CBS, NBC, Fox, uh, Prime, and, uh, you know, they're all going to ESPN. They're all going to keep spending huge amounts of money on the NFL. And that's great for the NFL. It's great for the the TV partners. And at this point, we don't care where the games are being watched on at that time anymore. What we care about is, wait, crap, why are there four great games at noon and the 3 o'clock slate sucks on week 12? That's that's done. They're going to move that, and that's great for us, the consumer. It's going to force us to stay on our couches and watch more more competitive football. So let's talk about Monday Night Football and the league – saying that those games now will also be subject to being flexed from week yeah. 12 on. We've never seen that before. That's been the one game that is is ironclad. It's going to be that schedule for the entire year. That is no longer the case. So uh, an interesting uh, development there. And don't flex week 12. That's when the Bears are on Monday Night Football. I want my <laughs> there ba- I want little Bears on Monday Night Football. They're the first ones that the chance to getting flexed Bears-Vikings. You know, Dan, I think to me – that's just going to be one of those moments where it's going to happen to every fan base at some point. But you say to yourself, well, that sucks. We just went from having a full week's rest to now short week's rest. Um, But again, the NFL is people who say the NFL is rigged. I just never believe it. I don't believe major sports is rigged. It's like the NASA, like moon landing thing. It's like, you know how many people would have to be in on this to make it quiet. So it wouldn't actually leak. Um, but one thing the NFL, I think they're admitting to us all with a lot of these changes is we are about entertainment. We are about n- getting numbers and getting big ratings and the big ratings, no matter what network it's on, is best for the NFL as a whole. So if that means Patrick Mahomes is going from Thursday night to Monday night to Sunday night to Thursday night to Monday night to the whole flipping season, if that's what's getting the ratings, they're going to do it because that reads more money. That gives more money to the teams. The owners get even richer. It trickles down to the players eventually with salary cap increases. And so I think um, I think that's what we're in this kind of new modern version of the NFL with, yes. with this, where the NFL is finally just admitting this is a television product. 
We don't care that you had tickets for a Sunday game at noon and now it's a Monday night game and now you can't go. Uh, someone will buy those tickets. We don't care. We care that it's going to be playing on every bar and we have big ratings and not the 0 and 7 so and so versus the 0 and 8, and no one cares. We are getting big names on the screen as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it, it does really suck because um, to that point, the leagues across the country and the world really uh, are, are becoming less and less uh, reliant on, you know, the, 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 the diehard fans, uh, the ones that show up to the stadium yeah. because these teams are making more and more money off of these TV deals. And the league as a whole is realizing that their revenue uh, in total as a uh, as the NFL as the shield if you will uh, makes more money from TV than individual concession sales for uh, the you know Jacksonville Jaguars in their own stadium even though the teams individually uh, you know benefit from those certainly uh, they probably also feel we're gonna have people in the stands no matter what but it does suck I mean I think back to when I went to that Bears Steelers Monday night game two years ago um, in Pittsburgh that was a whole trip for Grace and I. I mean, we we planned everything out, uh, flew to Pittsburgh, made it a quick trip. It was just a couple of days. But like to think that I could have bought plane tickets, flew out there, and then I, I you know we don't know the specifics. I haven't seen any reporting on when they need to make these determinations. I imagine it has to be the week of, um, yeah. at, at like like five days before. I don't think they could make that change Sunday morning. Say actually you're playing today. Like that just. It'll be the like I bet it'll be the Monday like before because you'll know by then by Sunday night the majority of the games are concluded. You'll know if a team you know you were expecting it to be Giants versus Eagles, but you know Jalen Hurts got in. I'm just I'm knocking all the wood. I'm just making scenarios up now. But you know Jalen Hurts is out and the Giants run an, a six game losing streak, but yet. The 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 Bears are playing the Lions, and both teams are riding high right now, and they're battling for playoffs. And it's Chicago, big market. That I would imagine by Monday or Tuesday they can make that determination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that'll be a, a fascinating little wrinkle of of the. But season. yeah, either way, it just it screws with people. And that, again, it, the NFL is admitting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's hundred percent. I mean, that's, that is what they care about. Um, that, that is certainly their focus. Uh, and I mean, I understand it. I, I do get it from a business perspective that that's, you know, the majority of fans are going to be happy with all of these, um, you know, uh, flexes, but it's going to be the people that bought tickets to that game or, you know, took off work. Uh, that's really going to, you know, mess with them, but it is what it is. Nothing, nothing we, uh, Joe Schmo can do about it. So we just got to, hope for the best uh, moving forward. But as a spectator, uh, it is going to be interesting. And I think we're going to get some really good games uh, in the final, you know, six weeks of the regular season for sure. The final uh, item of note, uh, actually there's two. Uh, There's now going to be Thursday night football, which is the bane of the existence of any player uh, really probably in coaching staff as well in the league. Uh, They're now going to be subjected to potentially two Thursday night games in a season and this is the first year that that is taking place. Five NFL teams, including your Bears and my Steelers, uh, will be playing two Thursday night games. So that's a huge difference as well. I mean, now we're talking short weeks 
uh, or long weeks, if you think on the back end um, for these teams. But it is, uh, it's an interesting thing there. I will say for the Steelers' perspective, they are at home for both of these Thursday night games, which is great. I Like, if you're going to have two Thursday night games, having them both at home is a huge bonus. Um, but what were your thoughts on teams getting now two uh, Thursday night games? And this was clearly also a move to make these games better because the five teams are the 49ers, the Jets with Aaron Rodgers now, the Bears who are on the upswing in a big market, and the Steelers. Uh, fifth team, the Saints, uh, they're probably not a, as big of a draw, certainly. Um, but nonetheless, those five teams certainly have uh, passionate fan bases and uh, are usually good products to watch in prime time. Well, you know, part of it, Dan, is the fact that you have teams like the Lions who are now playing three games on Thursday. You know, the like the opening game, they play on Thanksgiving and they have a Thursday night game. Now you can say the opening well, game. Well, yeah, because they're playing Thanksgiving, yeah. Yeah, so your team, you know, in a normal year now for in the future, a team like the Lions or the Cowboys who always play on Thursday night, on Thursday at Thanksgiving, you could eventually have three Thursday games. You know what I mean? And if you are then the – say they put the Chiefs on Thanksgiving and the Chiefs get opening game and the Chiefs get, you know, two Thursday games, you can have four games on Thursday. And, again, it just – it goes to show you the NFL cares way more about the TV product than the fans actually going to the games. Because it's NFL. They're going to sell – it's not like these stadiums are a million seats and it's like we have no one to sit in these seats and it looks empty. They obviously, obviously have uh, people in the seats. The seats are the seats are always the stands will always be filled, so that it's never going to look embarrassing or empty or anything like that when you're watching like the USFL or the XFL games, or it's like you know, there's only ten thousand people there. Um, but I'll say this about Thursday Night Football: they that is again the NFL just immediately bending the knee to Prime, saying you spend five billion dollars. This is what we will make this concession and try to give you as best of games as we can. Um, they can't flex the Thursday, which obviously yeah, yeah. because uh, it's just the making players play on Thursday anyways is cruel. So at least those are built in. Those aren't going to change. And who knows? You may be one of those teams that gets a uh, Thursday night in, and then you're supposed to play Sunday, but then you get the extra buy because you get to flex to a Monday so it could end up benefiting some teams at some points in time, um, if you're really good and you're and you and you're having a good season and you get flexed in, in some interesting spots. But also, you know, NFL players, Dan, it, like Peyton Manning and the greats, a lot of them, you know, Tom Brady, they're creatures of habit, and they like knowing I'm going to have my meal here. I'm going to wake up at this time. I do all this, and when the schedule constantly gets changed on you. I think this is going to be one of those things where you're going to see some fluky games. So the NFL is trying to do this to make it to be the best of the best, awesome games, huge ratings. But I think it also could backfire at times. It's like that team just has a rookie coach and they were unprepared for the flex and they, their schedule got out of whack and a young quarterback who just wasn't, you know what I mean? Or things go haywire. And all of a sudden you think, Oh, we're doing the right thing. We're moving this team into prime time, but that team's unprepared because of their organization to handle it. And they end up laying a, laying an egg, laying a, you know, a stinker. It, I think it, that could be a, a real thing that happens in this first couple of years with all these changes. 
It could be. It absolutely could be because we're we're talking about uh, the human beings. At the end of the day, travel takes a toll on you. Um, short weeks, multiple short weeks. Um, that's it, that's going to be tough to overcome for a lot of these teams uh, to be able to do that. Now there is the benefit on the back end, as you mentioned, you get a longer rest and potentially even an even longer one if you get flexed to Monday night. Uh, so those are some uh, possible pros to this schedule. Uh, but in terms of uh, heading into these Thursday night matchups, definitely going to be a challenge for these five teams. So we'll see how that plays out over the course of the season. Finally, we have five international games now. So we are expanding. Last year, we had the game in Munich, Germany, uh, featuring Tom Brady, uh, you know, his first international trip uh, playing over there. Uh, now we're going to have two games. It's going to be uh, November 5th, Miami at Kansas City, and November yeah. 12th, Colts at Patriots. And then we're going to have three London games um, with the Jaguars basically just, uh, you know, setting up shop for two weeks. Uh, they are going to be playing October 1st against the Falcons. And then the next week, Jaguars staying in town to take on the Bills. We all know that London's got that huge Jaguar fan base, and uh, that's just going to continue here with Jacksonville playing twice now in London. And then the final game coming the next week, October 15th, Ravens and Titans. So interesting, they are making these games all in a row. The Munich games, back-to-back -back weeks, London games, uh, three weeks in a row. So uh, we got five, and we've been talking that, you know, Mexico City's been talked about plenty of times as well. So we'll see, you know, if that ends up getting inserted here into the mix. But five games, we may be seeing 10 in the next, uh, you know, five years. Who knows? But uh, that's what we got slated. And I'm pretty excited for these matchups. All all matchups that uh, I think I'd be uh, looking forward to seeing. Uh, Jags, Falcons, eh. But at least you're seeing Trevor Lawrence. And, um, you know, maybe the Falcons are going to be fully healthy. And they've got some weapons there. So could be fun. Yeah, I think um, for me, the biggest thing with the with the international schedule is that I was pumped that the Bears are playing the Chiefs in Kansas City uh, because the the last time the Bears played the Chiefs in Kansas City was 2015 um, when the Chiefs weren't exactly high-flying. It was kind of the beginning of the of a little bit of the Alex Smith era, and it was Jay Cutler uh, starting quarterback. And so the uh, the word on the street is the Chiefs, basically told the NFL front office, we'll play your stupid Germany game, but you got to make it an AFC team. Like we want, we rarely get a chance to play the NFC North, let alone host the Chicago bears. Uh, and they know that, you know, fan base travels well and, and everything that that means. And so I think that was really smart of the chiefs. And I thank them for that. Cause I don't want to have to watch the, you know, wake up at 6am to watch that. Uh, my bears get demolished by the chiefs. Uh, and, and be uh, really in a bad mood the rest of the whole day. But I will say, to me, the, the interesting thing is the Jags. I mean, this is the first, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, two weeks in a row, testing out that schedule of how does it work for a team staying in a location? Because everything they talk about if a team moves to London would be stuff like this, where they're in London for like three weeks at a time, and they have teams come to visit them. And then they would be in America for three weeks at a time and they're on the road, you know, so it's this kind of beginning of the, of that, you know, NFL, I think probably testing that and what that looks like and how that works and get there. I bet they're going to get a lot of feedback from the Jags and Jags players about what that experience was like, what could be better, what was, you know, what would, what would improve it 
uh, do this next time, don't do this next time. So to me, that's the most interesting thing about the about the uh, international games this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't even think of it uh, that way in terms of a a, a sample size or a testing, uh, you know, uh, sample for what's to come if they were potentially to move there. So I do. Yeah, that's um, a good point, because this would certainly be a helpful indicator of how that would look and what that schedule would uh, you know, bear out. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing how things evolve here on the international slate. Uh, looking to some schedule standouts. Uh, if you want, uh, maybe we can just go back and forth, uh, listing a couple games uh, that we noticed on the schedule, uh, maybe that are impactful or ones that were, you know, most looking forward to just at a glance uh, in the early going. So, I mean, I'll throw one out there to you, uh, the first Monday night football for me, Bills at Jets, I think is awesome. Yeah. It's going to be our first look at Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform, and it's a divisional game. It's on prime time. I think that's a pretty sweet uh, first Monday night football to look forward to. Probably one of the better ones in recent memory. Yeah, absolutely. I When we do this, I never try to look too far beyond like the early weeks because God only knows what um, what teams will look like by a certain point in time. You know what I mean? For me, obviously, I, I really am looking forward to um, my Bears at Kansas City. Like, that is a huge one in week three. Um, but as far as, like, an impactful larger game, I'm really, really interested in Sunday night football, October 1st, my birthday on week four. And I know we just talked about it, but Kansas City at the Jets. I mean, the Jets have a brutal schedule. They're one of the teams that we knew their schedule was brutal, but now that even the 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 putting the pieces of it together make it even more uh, fascinatingly difficult. And I think that's going to be an early season. Like, are the Jets for real? You're hosting Aaron. You're hosting the Chiefs uh, on in Sunday night in in New York. Should be good weather. Still early October New York, in New Jersey, New York, and I'd be like, all right. Do we write off the Jets? Do we care about the Jets the rest of the season? Or are the Jets for real and Aaron Rodgers put on a show against Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers finally against some of these AFC quarterbacks that we've been waiting to see. Like, how how can you go toe-to-toe in this stacked conference? A couple other ones that just stood out to me. Week two, Colts at Texans. Are we going to see Richardson versus Stroud that early on? To me... I can't think of uh, being excited to see a Colts-Texans game in quite some time. This is probably the first one that I'm really looking forward to in that same week is Chiefs-Jaguars. I want to see how Lawrence in year three looks against Mahomes. Now we're going to start to see, like, how are you stacking up against the best of the best? Uh, And and it's going to give us a good determining factor on, like, how are the Jags looking this year? Are they actually ready to make another step forward? So those are a couple ones that like definitely noteworthy to me. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think they did a great then, job. You know, like, finally just gonna make. Oh yeah, the, go ahead. The, the New Year's Eve game, like that's awesome. Like if everyone's healthy, Chiefs, Chiefs, Bengals, New Year's Eve is gonna yeah. be great. Um, I really, I I think um, the whole uh opening week schedule. I mean, let's be honest, Lions at Chiefs is gonna be really fun because we get that Jared Goff. Patrick Mahomes kind of rematch from, you know, that Monday night epic game years ago. Speaking, it was supposed to be in Mexico City. So I think overall the schedule looks very enticing. 
Um, and I know that uh, an episode's coming on up here later. We'll talk more in depth about your Steelers and my Bears and the schedule in in a, in the in the coming shows. But there's some really interesting nuggets about West Coast trips and all those type of things that you can really start to feel out with your team and the NFL. Uh, you know, like they screwed over the Giants. They're on the road seven of the first ten weeks. It's crazy that the Giants have to go through that. So, yeah, um, yeah. The, you know, the schedule, if you're sitting out there saying the schedule doesn't matter, it absolutely does. Now, granted, everyone can get injured and all these things happen once you start playing the games. But when you're looking at it right now and you're trying to make predictions about what the season will go through, it absolutely matters, things like that. Last thing I'd like to note before we, uh, you know, kick this off to uh, to next week's show and beyond the Chiefs and the Eagles, you know, two two of the you know Super Bowl uh, teams here, they have some unbelievably difficult stretches yeah, in their schedule. So they the do. Chiefs from Week Four until their bye in Week Ten, they play the Broncos twice, the Chargers, the Vikings, but then the Jets and the Dolphins all in that stretch. The Eagles have a super easy start, and then after Week Ten, the rest of the games. Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks. And then, yeah, you end with Giants, Cardinals, Giants. You know, the Giants are a divisional game, so it's not not a gimme. But the Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks in a row, that's pretty brutal. It is brutal, but I, I, make, I make the argument that I think the Chiefs, I mean, I think the Eagles are better than anyone in the NFC. So I'm going to favor them in those games. They do get the Niners at yeah. home, so that helps. And... Um, you know, you got to play the Chiefs again in 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 Arrowhead. Like, okay, but I think they'll be fired up for that game. You know what I mean? They're the losers of the Super Bowl. So, do I think the Chiefs? I'll put it this way: it would be it sucks, and I don't necessarily believe that the Chiefs or the Eagles will be the one seeds in their conference, even though I think they may still be the best teams in their conference. Because in order to be the one seed, you got to have a great schedule that breaks your way and you can run through. You know what I mean? You can pick up easy dubs. Absolutely. 100%. That'll do it for us here on the schedule recap. More from the schedule to come in the coming weeks. 